This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. All right. Time for Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Good morning, Keith. Happy Monday. All right. At this hour, Premier David Eby announcing, uh, sounds like streamlining in the permitting process to get new homes built Another, in British Columbia. This is provincial uh, permitting, though, right? Yeah, not municipal, provincial. Yeah. And this is uh, one-stop shopping. <clears throat> another day, another housing announcement from the Premier. So this is uh, there's a number of permits related to, according to the news, news release, Riparian area approvals, water licenses, transportation approvals, road rezonings, contaminated sites, and requirements for heritage inspections. All of those require separate per- permits depending on the, the project. So this is now supposed to be one-stop shopping. They're hiring 42 people, uh, potentially expanding to more than 200 positions designed to do this. So they've got to hire more people to streamline yep. the process? <laughs> yep. okay. um, yeah. Okay. Yeah, sort of de Cut down the bureaucracy by hiring more people. By hiring more people to <laughs> hire those people to cut down this bureaucracy. Let's have a listen to David Eby here speaking just in the last few minutes. Creating a one-stop shop for provincial permitting to speed up approvals for new homes. This single window will streamline this process for permits, eliminating the need for multiple applications across multiple ministries. Okay, the other big bottleneck in this system, though, is the municipal approval. Yeah, process. so the housing file, this is, you know, Get ready for all sorts of announcements on housing. You and yeah. I talked about this before. This is not just one thing. This is yeah. going to be multi-pronged. And you're right. So already uh, uh, table legislation and passed it, which gives the, the minister the power to override municipalities and overreach that, or over uh, go over their heads in terms of approvals. We haven't seen how that's going to work out. They also haven't identified the municipalities that are going to be first in the in the. Uh, the first group that's going to be included in this. Uh, we expect that to happen sometime this spring. But housing, uh, David Eby has basically demonstrated he's got a lot of moving parts when it comes to housing. It's not just one thing. It's going to be multi-items. Uh, and today was just the latest. Do you think there could be a backlash from municipalities if this government <laughs> starts saying, like, you guys are not approving enough housing quickly enough, so we're stepping in and taking over or mandating more approvals here? Could municipalities push back against that? Sure. I think they already yeah, are. I, I think agree. some will, but others yeah. may. I've talked to some councillors other cities say, hey, fine, you want to you take this over? Fine. I don't have to sit oh. through 16-hour meetings anymore <sighs> of uh, zoning uh, hearings with residents pitted against residents. You saw that, that those hearings in Vancouver for that big proposed development along Broadway. Yeah. I mean, that was a marathon set of, um, of uh, hearings. And you've got to figure if you're a councillor, do you really want to take that on? So I think some councils may say, hey, you want to do this? Fill your boots. He's making a lot of housing announcements, as you mentioned, with, with more to come. But what are the deliverables here? What are the outcomes? Like, this is one of the things that the Liberals are saying. Like, okay, you're making lots of announcements. You're making kind of structural changes. How many housing units are going to get built here? Is yeah, it going so to get you, better? You saw that $500 million fund established yeah. uh, last week. They're not able to provide any specifics on how many units are actually going to result from nonprofits being able to access this type of capital. David Eby, the news conference, said thousands, but yeah. is that 2,000? Is it 3,000? Is it 4,000? Uh, one industry official estimated two to 3,000 
would be the uh, the units that would be established for that five hundred million dollar fund. And uh, Karen Kirkpatrick, the BC Liberal housing critic, points out five hundred million doesn't really take you a long way in Metro Vancouver's housing market. The other thing that occurs to me is here he's got this big announcement saying we're going to streamline all this bureaucracy. This government's been in power for how many years now? Six years. So it's like, wh- wh- why didn't they cut all this bureaucracy years ago? Well, I, I mean, you got a new premier with a, I think, a different priority list here. Yeah. I don't think housing was as elevated a, a priority as a, uh, under the Horgan regime as it is under Eby. Mm. He's pushed housing to the top. I mean, he's established the first standalone housing ministry right. since the 1970s, right? So uh, Eby's long been on housing as one of his top issues, so no surprise he's taking this on. Okay, he's heading to Prince George. Yeah, tomorrow. Tomorrow, okay, where there's just been a big, big layoffs in the pulp sector up there? That's why he's headed there. So Canfor is cl- uh, closing its mill up there permanently. 300 jobs, that's a devastating wow. blow to the local economy uh, and to the people losing their jobs. Not sure what he's going to bring up there. There's a public forum that's going to be held there. Traditionally, governments respond with uh, early uh, pension, uh, some some financial assistance, some skills retraining, this type of thing. Um but certainly that's the biggest blow in forestry in years in terms of job loss in one particular location. Boy, that's tragic when you think about Prince George is kind of right in the heart of the forest sector in British Columbia, the northern capital as they like to build themselves. And boy, how long have they had that pulp line running up there? And now it's being shut down. That's a lot of jobs. That's a, that's a huge number of jobs. Wow. In, in terms of per capita, that's, a, that's an enormous blow to the yeah. French Why? Economy. Why are they shutting down? Well, uh, is, a lot of mills have been struggling, uh, struggling for years. And Canfor has shut down operations in some of its, some of its mills uh, for years, temporarily. Yeah. Uh, there's a real lack of access to fiber supply. There's just you know not enough trees, basically. Uh, having access to to process, and that's uh, that's been an ongoing problem. You go back to the be- the pine beetle yeah. crisis; all that wood's been harvested and milled, uh, and those trees were you know they were dead or dying. And a huge amount of the annual allowable cut has been reduced, and so mills are starved for uh, fiber. Okay, what is EB going to? deliver for them on the go- well, again, when he goes up there tomorrow. Again, traditionally governments. You go back to the nineties. You know, we had the Job Protection Commissioner. Uh, traditionally, it's uh, some financial assistance, one-time payments, also early bridging to pensions, or early retirement, uh, skills retraining for other jobs. Not sure what exactly other jobs would be available to no. them, but uh, that's 300 people, 300 families. No, that's tough, man. That's a lot of jobs in a, in a small city. Let's uh, let's talk a little closer to home here, the Stanley Park train. So we talked about this earlier on the show, how this train remains shut down after all this time including during the recent holiday season, the firefighters burn fund their donations down 50%. They rely on that train every year for their fundraising. This is an embarrassment it is for an the embarrassment. city. They can't get this thing running. Our colleague Jordan Armstrong has done great work on this story. He's had a, yeah. <laughs> some really, so he found, of course, uh, Gailey Farms out here in uh, Saanich yeah. has its own train. Yes. It's the same train that, yeah. Stanley, that Stanley Park has. It's been running no problem. They maintain it themselves. It's very popular. It's uh, They've got a corn maze out there. They, I mean, Halloween and stuff and Christmas, kids are all over that place. they got five guys out there, and they're busy running a farm, Family too. Family-run business. Like, no parks board commissioners getting <laughs> involved in this. It's just the family getting the train going. And Stanley Park park board i mean i'm on the record saying this for years my first one of my first one of your first assignments in the old days at the sun and province cover a parks board meeting 
and you go to these things and wonder why does this exist? You know, why you know it's uh, it, it's a unique institution, but boy, when it comes to Stanley Park, um, some very questionable decisions are always made. Okay, let's listen to now. Speaking of Gailey Farms, this family-run farm near Victoria, where they have one of these trains running, no problems. Here's Jim Sturgill, who is the train supervisor at this farm. Have a listen. If you don't let it get to that advanced state of deterioration, you can keep it going on a relatively, you know, normalized annual operating budget. Uh, I mean, it's not rocket science. This is a amusement <laughs> train park science. train. Yeah, they just keep it going all the time. They they yeah. maintain um, maintenance. Uh, Stanley Park, for whatever reason, just allowed this thing to deteriorate in the pandemic and just can't get it back up and running. It was, you know, someone who grew up in Vancouver as a kid, I look forward to the annual trip or two on the Stanley Park train. Uh, school trips, field yeah. trips. Yeah. Uh, I remember as a kid in grade, I think grade three or two, we all trooped out to Stanley Park and went on the train. It was part of your regular uh, curriculum. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. All right. Baldry's Beat. Phone lines are open. 604-280-9898. Star 9898 on your cell. Mike in White Rock. Hi, Mike. Go ahead. Hey, guys, stop, not you guys, but the government. Just please stop saying you're going to do this, you're going to do that. Government does not create jobs. They never have. Business creates jobs. What I think, and again, my opinion, the government needs to step aside and let things happen the way they're supposed to happen. And if you're going to hire people, please don't hire any more bureaucrats or anything. Go and hire tradespeople, contractors, people that actually understand what has to be done to speed up the process. In my opinion, that's the only way things are going to get sped up. Okay, thank you for the call. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, you hire 42 bureaucrats to solve a bureaucratic problem. <laughs> so that's sort of the... Uh, well, there has to be permit. You can't just rip up all these, uh, the, the entire thing, but you don't need a permit anymore. There no, has to be There has to be permits, process. but I guess this is supposed to streamline the process. You, uh, don't, you don't have to go to 14 different offices to get your paperwork done. You can go to one office. So, again, it sounds good on paper. We'll see how it works. But when I talk life. to people in the building trades or the development sector, you most of the complaints I hear about is municipal, municipal permitting. Yeah. You know, it's usually not the province they're griping about. It's like City Hall, you know, yep. the delays there. Yeah, that's my, so, my experience as well. I mean, some of the permits they're talking about here, like heritage sites. Yeah. Now, how many heritage sites are there out yeah. there? Or riparian, um, riparian area approvals, water licenses, transportation approvals, road rezonings, contaminated sites. I'm not sure how many typical housing developments have to go through all that. Yeah, Keep calling 604-280-9898 is the number. 
star 9898 on your cell. Jackie in Kelowna. Hi, Jackie. Go ahead. Hi. How are you? Good, Hi, Jackie. Good. Um, I don't understand why there's a parks board in Vancouver. Like, all the rest of B.C. have parks. They don't have a parks board. The city looks after it. Mm-hmm. The parks board just seems to be getting in the way of anything being done in that park. Yeah, I agree with you. And it's not just B.C. I mean, there's no other city in Canada has a parks board. I believe this is the only one in the country. And I think it's basically tied for decades because we have Stanley Park. If there was no Stanley Park, we wouldn't have a parks board. Right. You don't have a parks board to manage, you know, Memorial Park or something. It's basically a Stanley Park thing, uh, which is a unique uh, park, urban park in Canada. Yeah. Which is one reason why we well a parks board. you have a new board in power there, right? You've got this ABC slate of candidates who've been very critical of some of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll see if they can get anything done differently. You know, right now you got this park board, this newly elected park board, saying we want to get this this Stanley Park train up and running again, and hopefully we can do it by Easter. Now. I'll be surprised if that happens. Like if this part, if that train is operating again by Easter, I'll be I'll be surprised. I mean, I hope it is. I hope it is. I hope it is too. But um, we'll see. I think the neglect has been going on for so long. It might be a little easier said than done. Jackie, thank you for the call. Cindy in Vancouver. Hi, Cindy. Hi. Happy New Year, guys. Hi, Cindy. Uh, you've, you've touched. Hi. You've touched on it a bit, um, but uh, it, we got to remember the politics of uh, the park board and the previous park board that was led mostly by the Green Party folks. And they clearly did not have um, the train in their uh, as their priority. And whether it's because of issues that you've talked about, um, because the wrong type of technology, or just that lack of um, support for the businesses in the park. And I do support having an independent park board because of the mix of business and, and park that we've got there and traditionally have there, that the last park board almost decimated through their fixation on bike lanes. So I say, you know, and I know John Cooper tried really hard in opposition. Um, and I think he, he put forward a lot of great stuff and maybe he'll run again one day. Um, but I'm super hopeful that the uh, the new group will come in and make some changes there. And whether it's taking control um, away, a little bit of control away from some of the staff reports and just getting out there and doing it, like some of your callers previously had mm-hmm. mentioned. You know, let's go. Let's get it back and let's help all the businesses in the park thrive. Cindy, Cindy, yeah, thank you for well, the call. We'll see. But it is, it's a different park board than was there before, but we'll see if there's a clash between the elected commissioners and the staff at the park board, which we've seen in the past. Well, I'm glad she also mentioned the other businesses that run in the park because we've been hearing some griping from them as well because when you get one sort of anchor attraction that's shut down, like this train, for example, mm-hmm. all these other businesses suffer because when you have people coming in to ride the train with their kids, well, they're also maybe going to the restaurant yeah. or they're going to some of the other attractions there. So there's like a domino effect mm-hmm. of businesses that suffer in the park when one part of it is neglected. Well, for years, many people took their families to the train for Christmas and probably spent a good part of a afternoon or night there and accessing other venues in the park as well okay we've got a minute left here so we got david eby's announcement we covered earlier on streamlining permitting for housing this is a huge file for him right like you expect to have more housing initiatives from him and going forward i think so uh he's he's signaled that this is not a, a one issue or two issue file he's got a number of moving parts one thing he's He's ruled out they don't have legislation. It doesn't mean they'll have legislation ready to have the first refusal as they do in Quebec for nonprofit 
organizations to to be the first uh, to have access to uh, uh, purchasing housing. But I think there's going to be other parts, and we could have legislation on other aspects as well.